on today's edition of the Daily Gator Daily Thought on the 100th episode of the Daily Gator Daily Thought podcast. We're going to look at, uh, well, a couple of audio clips, one from Representative Corey Bush of Missouri. And uh, let me tell you what, she uh, she really thinks she's that special and her body is that special. And she is uh, she's what I like to say, full of BBS uh, about defunding police and why she spent so much on her private security. And we've got another piece of audio from a, in front of a store, a city council person who is a man who wants to be a woman or identifies as a woman is very upset. And he went down there in his best dress, I'll say his best summer dress, I think, and bitched out an old man, a a Vietnam veteran, because there was a sign that the transgender person found offensive. And we've got some more stuff, too. You never know, folks. You just never know. On 100th episode day, there's got to be something special. I bet you. I bet you some eye stops by. Oh, yes, I hope so. I do hope so. We'll see, my friends. Stick with me. It's going to be a fun ride. It's time, my friends, to kick this pig. Welcome, my friends, to Daily Gator Daily Thought, episode number 100. That's right, kids. That's a one followed by two zeros for you Florida State graduates out there. And by the way, while we're on the subject of Florida State, in all seriousness, as a Gator fan, obviously uh, uh, Bobby Bowden was uh, one of the greatest college football, let's face it, one of the greatest coaches in the history of sports and had incredible success at FSU, Florida State. And really, his record is incredible. And the fact is that if you look at Florida State before Bobby Bowden and look at it since Bobby Bowden, uh, outside of one year where everything went right for him uh, with their uh, with their crab leg stealing quarterback, Jameis Winston, uh, and their dumb face coach uh, who had replaced Bobby Bowden. Bobby Bowden is one of the best ever, and he is uh, uh, very, very ill with, uh, I guess, end-stage 
cancer and best wishes to him, his family. Uh, said prayers for y'all. Uh, again, college football rivalries get pretty intense, but now is not the time for that. Uh, thank you for a lot of great memories. Uh, one of the greats of all time in his field. And uh, God bless Bobby Bowden and his family. Now, my friends, let's get down to business. You probably heard of Corey Bush by now. She is a, well, yes, she's an ABW. That's angry black woman. And if you thought Karens were bad, angry black women would literally eat the lunch of Karens. If a Karen were to go to an angry black woman and say, I need to speak with their manager, please, they would literally bite their heads off. And Corey Bush is a representative from the state of Missouri. Some people pronounce it Missouri. There's no A at the end. It's Missouri, okay? It's English. It's not hard, Missouri. Great state, by the way, uh, especially for gun rights. But Corey Bush is, is in hot water because she's been one of the big, uh, big proponents of defunding the police. She claims police have threatened her, have, uh, uh, they may kill her, they're, they're, they want to kill her, all kind of stupid stuff. She wants to defund the police, but she spent a lot of money into the tens of thousands of dollars, a lot of money from her campaign funds for private security. And a lot of people are saying, look, the people you supposedly represent or claim to represent or claim to speak for, they can't afford private security. You're not going to pony up for a private security forum, yet you want to you wanted to fund police, which will we've seen it. We see where now clearly we see now where defund the police rhetoric leads to higher violent crime. And who pays the biggest price for that? That's right. Disenfranchised, poor, disadvantaged black Americans, people who live in the inner cities. That's who takes the biggest brunt. And Corey Bush was uh was asked about this recently by uh i believe it's the cbs news if i'm if i'm not mistaken uh and she had some some interesting comments and uh you should you should really hear them folks so let's give it up for Corey bush the angry black woman of the day uh you faced some criticism in recent weeks over your push to uh defund the police um the campaign records show that you spent roughly $70,000 on, on private security. And some critics say um, that move is hypocritical. Um, what's your response to those critics? They would rather I die? You would rather me die? Is that what you want to see? You want to see me die? You know, because that could be the alternative. So either I spend $70,000 on private security over the last few months, and I'm here standing here standing now and able to speak, able to help save 11 million people, from being evicted, or I could possibly have a death attempt on my life. And we're also talking about the same exact people who say horrible things about me, who lie to get to, to build up their base. And then because they lie about me, I receive death threats. Now, they don't address the fact that I receive death threats after they go on air and say horrible things about me. But then they want to say, oh, but she wants she needs private security. I have private security because my body is worth being on this planet right now. I have private security because they, the white supremacist, racist narrative that they drive into this country, the fact that they don't care 
that this black woman that has put her life on the line, they can't match my energy, first of all. This black woman who's, who, who puts her life on the line, they don't care that, my, that I could be taken out of here. They actually probably are okay with that. But this is the thing. I won't let them get that off. You can't get that off. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets. Wow. How about that, Corey Bush people? And she went on in the interview to point out that she was a Ferguson activist, a Ferguson, uh, I call them hacktivists, not activists, because that was a base, that was nothing but a false narrative to smear police to pretend that Michael Brown was some saintly kid just happy to go away to college when actually, in actuality, Michael Brown committed strong arm robbery assaulted a store manager or owner, whichever the gentleman was of this little corner store. And of course, police were called. Michael Brown matched the description because it was him. We see the videotape. When Officer Wilson tried to stop him, he assaulted Officer Wilson, tried to steal the man's gun. That's called attempted murder, I believe. And then after all that, after Wilson had, had got him away from his vehicle, he charged Officer Wilson, trying to attack him physically. Officer Wilson, correctly so, drew his firearm, shot Michael Brown to death in self-defense because even cops have a right to self-defense. I know that sounds crazy, doesn't it? And let's see, let's remember, while Corey Bush is still pushing the lie of the Ferguson, the Ferguson lie that Michael Brown was just a wonderful child just trying to go away in college and was gunned down by police brutality. When in fact, he did all those things. Multiple black witnesses saw it and testified that he assaulted Officer Wilson, punched him while he was in his vehicle, tried to take his gun, etc., etc. And remember the DA there, the Ferguson Police Department, both cleared him. Grand jury saw nothing, no reason to prosecute Officer Darren Wilson. Even the Obama Justice Department, headed by, of course, gun-running Eric Holder, even they cleared Officer Darren Wilson. He did nothing wrong, yet his career's trashed. He had his life threatened. Hell, he still probably has a look over his shoulder. That false narrative has been told that he's a cold-blooded murderer over and over and over. Had his picture all over the internet, all over TV for weeks. He's still probably got to watch every step he takes. All because he did his job as a police officer. All because he was forced to defend himself against a thug. And he did so. That's what Cori Bush is an activist for. Because you bet your butt that she isn't going to take her money and get security for these areas where she wants police to fund it. And what are those areas? Who's going to pay the price for higher crime because of defunding police? And we see violent crime spiking just happens to coincide with all the calls for defunding police and a tactic to demoralize police and take power away from the police and, and inhibit their ability to do their jobs and protect themselves. Cori Bush doesn't care about that community. She cares about power for herself. She's a grifter. She's a race pimp. She is nothing 
but a carnival barking wannabe. And hopefully people there will stop what they're doing and think and kick her you-know-what out of office. And she can take her body <clears throat> and move it to a space where she can actually uh, hopefully look at what she is as a human being and say, I really need to change. And now, my friends, perhaps the funniest damn thing you'll hear all day. There's a gentleman, older gentleman, has a, has a store. And in this store, <clears throat> uh, he has a, a sign uh, that basically says, well, it does say, if you don't have a, Again, four-letter word for a male body part. If you don't have a, then you are not a chick. Well, there's a city council woman there. I believe it's a city councilman, a trans woman. So that's a man that's wanting to be a woman, wanting to, to be, or becoming a woman, whatever. I know this because it's clearly a man because in the video that accompanies the audio, I'm going to play for you because I love you, my listeners. You're wonderful and you deserve it. Doggone it. But in the, in the video that accompanies this audio, <clears throat> Andy no put this on Twitter and William teach at pirates co put it on his blog. That's how I found out about it. That's why you should follow people like Andy no and why you should read uh, pirates go blog by William teach. But it's clearly a man, a rather large man, with uh, uh, in a kind of a short summer dress. And he's arguing with this 70-something-year-old man about this sign, how sensitive it is. And we're going to play the audio for you. And it's, it's funny, and the best part of it to me is what the older gentleman says at the end. It may seem a little insensitive, and it may be a little insensitive, but by God, right now, I think in America, unfortunately, we need more people who are willing to be, well, a little bit rude to stop the cancel culture crap and the identity crap. So here you go, folks. Have a listen and uh, have a good laugh. You are not sure, not a woman. You don't look like a woman. You don't act like a woman. The confrontation started inside. Trans women are women. Spilled into the street. Aberdeen Councilwoman Tiesa Meskis confronted owner Don Sucre about a sign he posted in his store saying, if you are born with a slang for a male body part, you are not a chick. What he wrote there was so demeaning and so dismissive of who I am and who any trans woman is. Meskis, a trans woman, says she knows Sucre has the right to say what he wants. You're nuts! You need to back off now. No, you do. But she wanted to tell him to his face it was hurtful. I would really like them to open their eyes and their heart and see that, you know, we are people, we are who we are, and all we want to be is accepted in our community. Now, I don't care what they do, but don't come in here and complain to me about stuff. I have free speech. Zucker says anyone who disagrees with him does not need to spend money at his store, where that sign 
was still visible today. And everybody's loved it. Everybody's taken pictures of it. Everybody laughs. Everybody, Not everybody loved it. Well, yeah. And some people think it's hurtful. Well, they told I, us that this hurt. But here's the thing. I don't give a about feelings anymore. I'm 70 and 8. I went to Vietnam to fight for all Do you think I care about some feelings? Absolutely not. Supporters of the councilwoman are planning a protest out in front of the store Saturday morning at 10. Don Sucker says he is calling on some of his backers for a show of support at the same time. And uh, just to clarify, just to let you know, this is in Washington, D.C., where this store is located. And uh, it's it's just funny. Uh, Washington Examiner is where the story originated. And you can go there and check it out. Uh, same videos up. A very interesting a very interesting exchange there. And I love what the old man said at the end. And and again, I understand I wouldn't go out to seek to hurt this council person's uh, feelings or to demean them. I don't think there's anything to be gained by that. But when you, when you have such a campaign now to silence everybody who, who wants to even get near the lines of what the left says is acceptable speech. It, it heartens me and encourages me to know that there's people out there who are willing to stand up and say, screw you. Of course, this gentleman is, is 70s. I believe he says 78. I, I can't read. He gets, uh, he gets kind of bleeped out there. But I see it more from that generation than today's generation. I'd like to see more college students and people in their 30s standing up and saying, no, we're not going to put up with your crap. We're not going to live our life tiptoeing around your possible feelings. We're just not going to do it. And it's, it's just sad. It is sad. And you know what else is sad? With the coronavirus there's a michigan hospital and they've had a relationship with the quarterback for the minnesota vikings kirk cousins he's been a spokesperson for them and the hospital has basically cut ties with kirk cousins because of some comments he made about uh covid night uh covid19 and the vaccine and basically, the, the problem with what he said, <clears throat> uh, this comes from uh, MSN.com and Touchdown Wire. Doug Farrar, just today, this posted up. It isn't just uh, Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer who's frustrated with quarterback Kirk Cousins' comments regarding COVID vaccinations. On Friday... Michigan's Holland Hospital, which had a sponsorship relationship with Cousins, ended that relationship after Cousins' Thursday remarks. Now, consider the headline, the opening paragraph there. You're thinking, wow, what did he say? Did he say vaccines are of the devil or the mark of the beast or they're trying to poison people or something crazy of that nature? Well, no, he didn't say that. You want to know what Kirk Cousins said to make the hospital cut ties with him? He said, I think the vaccination decision is a private 
very private health matter for me. Uh, Cousin said on the same day he was placed back on the active roster from the reserve slash COVID list after he had close contact with backup quarterback Kellen Mond, who had tested positive. I'm going to keep it as such. I do believe as a leader of the team, it's very important, listen carefully, to follow the protocols and avoid this close contact because this or that is what it's going to come down to. Did you have a close contact? So I'm going to be vigilant about avoiding a close contact. I even thought about should I just set up literally plexiglass around where I sit so this could never happen again? I thought about it because I'm going to do whatever it takes. We're going to avoid this close contact thing and look forward to make sure I'm playing every game this year. So Kirk Cousins said basically he's going to follow protocols. And he said most importantly, apparently, he said the decision to get vaccinated or not is a private one. Now, I don't know why this is crazy. Why would it cause a hospital to cut ties with Kirk Cousins? And in their in their their acknowledgement, they were cutting ties. They said some great things about the guy. <clears throat> Isn't it? Is I've heard this all my life. How important? I've heard Democrats say it, Republicans say it, Libertarians say it, Green Party people say it. All types of people from all walks of life, all professions, all backgrounds say. That your medical information, <clears throat> your health records, what you've had, what you haven't had, what procedures, what medications, what vaccines, on down the line, is an extremely private thing, private matter. And your medical privacy is one of the most cherished, honored, and important things there is in this country. I've never really heard anybody say anything different no matter their ideology. Yet, now, I, I told you yesterday about Patriots quarterback, Cam Newton. He's getting all kind of grief because he said basically the same thing as Cousins. It's a very private thing for me, whether I've been vaccinated or not. Again, is that a problem? Why is it a problem? When someone says that it's a private thing, I'm not going to answer. It's, it's. I, I mean, if, if someone asks about your, your love life and you say, you know, it's private. That's not your business. I'm not going to discuss it. Why is that a bad thing now when it comes to your medical history and your medical decisions that you've made, procedures you've had, etc.? I mean, we're, we're losing our minds over this damn virus. And no, I don't think the Democrats are lying about it. I don't think the left made it up. I don't think it's it's uh, vaccines are killing people. I think there's with a vaccine there's always going to be people who are are have negative reactions to it. Sometimes those can be fatal. I recognize that. I assume and I've to been told by doctors and I knew before I ever got the shot uh, the vaccines, the, the Pfizer version, I knew there'd be two and I knew there were certain risks. That's why they make you sit there for 15 minutes after you've had both doses. I knew that there was a chance that I might have some fatal reaction. Very, very slim chance. Thankfully, it did not happen. Thankfully, I didn't have any horrific uh, medical 
issue that arose from it. But I knew there was a risk. Who doesn't know vaccines have risks? The flu shot so many people get every year. I'm sure the shingles vaccine, you hear that uh, talked about a lot. I'm sure that has negative reactions from some people. Some of them may be serious. That's happens with vaccines. Some people won't get the benefit for whatever reason. I understood that you could still catch the virus. Much slimmer chance. When I was told about 94, 95% chance, I wouldn't. I wouldn't catch if I came in contact with it because I didn't. Because I have a, a pre-existing condition. That's none of your business what it is. I guess it's still okay for me to, to say whatever pre-existing condition I have isn't your business. Is that still okay? Or am I a horrible person for that now? And because my mother, who I who lives with me, I'm the caregiver for her because she has to have a person living here to care for her in some ways. I knew she would not do well at all if she caught it. So I wanted her to get it. So I understood the risks. There's always risks. But overwhelmingly, I knew that there was over 95% chance that I wouldn't catch it if I came in contact. And I knew if I did catch it, there's an enormous chance I would have a much milder version of it. But that I would still need to prevent spreading it if I had it. I understood these things. And I don't understand all the crazy conspiracy theories. I understand people being nervous. I understand people wanting to know everything they can because I found out everything I could. That's responsible. And I damn sure understand people wanting to be able to tell other people, you know what, it's not your damn business if I've had the vaccine or not. And I damn sure am opposed to the government coming in in any form, city, county, state, federal, coming in telling you have to have it. At the same time, I understand if you work in a restaurant or at a medical facility, at a dentist's office, somewhere where you may have close contact with patients or customers, co-workers, yeah, I understand an employer saying we'd like you to get vaccinated unless there's some medical reason or other religious reason. We'd like you to do that. I don't think that's outrageous. I think it's statist and evil if the government were to do it. See, it's not that hard, but we're going ourselves crazy over this virus and the vaccine because the left is using it as a power grab, like they use everything as a power grab, everything. And they're also using it now to attack anyone who's not vaccinated as, as a murderer, a killer somehow. And, of course, they're, they're painting it as just Trump supporters who are not getting the vaccine. That's odd because no one in this country worked harder or wanted those vaccines out more than President Donald Trump. Nobody. So it would be kind of odd for a Trump supporter to not trust Donald Trump, who they, who they loved as a president. Fact is, it's... Two-thirds or a little more black Americans have not gotten vaccine. The last I heard, now it may be higher now, it probably is because a lot of people are now that it's spreading again, they're getting vaccinated, which I think is a good thing. Hispanics, much higher rate of not getting vaccinated than whites. 
but it's being used to tie into the white supremacy BS about January 6th. That's the biggest threat. And now we're all murderers because we're not getting vaccinated. Look, that's what the left always does. That's why I'm not surprised they're politicizing it. I remember just recently, well, today, Jen Psaki uh, had this message about uh, Florida governor and I think future president Ron DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis has made a point of telling Joe Biden, he had a great soundbite from two, three or four days ago, I believe earlier this week. And basically he told President Mumbles, why don't you worry about securing the border? Do your job, clear that up, get some, uh, get some control of the border and people flooding in with COVID. And I don't, otherwise, until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip from you, Mr. President about my job. And then after he played the clip, uh, Ron DeSantis saying what he said and defending his actions in Florida, which the, the media and the left, but I repeat myself, are, are trying to smear him over. Jen Psaki, little clip of her comes on and she says, because Governor Ron DeSantis has said he's not going to mandate masks for children in schools when schools open up and i'm not sure when they open up in florida uh probably different districts different days but because he said that he wasn't going to mandate it here's jen Psaki saying well you know we have the governor of florida governor DeSantis, preventing schools from masking children and keeping children safe how the hell is not mandating something as governor preventing the schools from doing it or from parents demanding it be done or for parents saying, my kid's going to wear a mask to school. If that's what you think as a parent, you're the parent. God bless you. If you think it's best, if you meet with your teachers, principal, school board, I'll leave the teachers union out because they don't care about anything but them damn selves. Okay, forget that swamp trash of teachers unions. But the actual teachers who want to teach and care about kids and the school board, members who actually care and want to, their best for the kids and parents who want the best for their kids, obviously, let them get together. If they think it's best to, for the kids to mask, wear a mask at school, then by God, that's in their power to do, regardless of what Ron DeSantis says about it. And Ron DeSantis isn't going to say, no, you can't do that. A governor doesn't have to mandate something be done for others to take responsibility and do it themselves, Miss Jen Psaki. Again, the propaganda mistress, Jen Psaki. I'm sure she'll circle back at some point, maybe several times, several circle backs, and correct that egregious lie about Governor DeSantis. And understand something about Governor DeSantis. I believe I wrote this on the blog a few days ago. I think he's going to run for president. I don't, I think. Trump will endorse him, and I think that, well, I know if he runs, he will be attacked with more nastiness, more nasty rhetoric, more lies. Remember the Rush, collu uh, Russia collusion Trump hoax with the prostitutes and all that garbage? That's going to seem like child's play to what the left is going to try to do to Ron DeSantis because they are scared blankless of Ron DeSantis because he's got the ability and willingness to stand up and tell you basically to go get stuffed 
just like Trump. But he's more eloquent than Trump. He sounds more reasonable the way he says things than Trump sometimes. He's maybe the new and improved version of Trump in some ways. And the left wants power right now, and they will do everything in their power. There is no smear they won't they won't reach for. There's not one false allegation or false accusation they won't put against Governor DeSantis. And by God, understand, they're going to come with everything they have and then some to smear DeSantis if he does run. They're going to do worse by him than they did against Trump because they see what Trump accomplished and they see DeSantis as a man who can do as much, maybe even more. And they just see DeSantis as a younger man and say they see DeSantis and says if he has the success as president, he might be there for eight years. He may really pack the Supreme Court with conservatives. He won't change the number. They're terrified of him just like they were terrified of Reagan when he ran. Except when Reagan ran, the left was much less, uh, there were actual Democrats back then, and they were much less savage and ugly and nasty, and the Marxist tendencies that Democrats have had for a while were were more well-concealed and hidden. The left is deranged. Watch what they try to do to the Santas, and do not listen to them, my friends. Do not listen to it. I'm telling you it's going to happen if he runs because they are scared again, blankless of Ron DeSantis. Just so you know, and to this hospital in Michigan, again, I just don't get it. I just don't get it, my friends. And that's all the stories I bookmarked to do today. I was going to do some some, uh, top fives maybe. Maybe discuss some, you know, what do they call pet peeves I have? And I think the biggest pet peeves I, that, that escape me, aren't the ones I have. My pet peeves are about other people's, what I consider ridiculous pet peeves. Like if someone does something that bugs you, you think they're, they're, they're off base, whatever, but you don't really let it bother you because it's not hurting you. It's them. Right? They're doing something you think's idiotic, but it doesn't really affect you. Say, like, I have a blogger friend, runs the Bacon Time blog. It's on my blog roll. It's a delegator. Good guy. Love the blog. And I'm not, I'm not criticizing the gentleman here. But he has a thing about putting ketchup on hot dogs. Okay, see, I get that. If you don't want to put ketchup on your hot dog, fine. I have a thing about hot dogs as in there's better hot dogs and there's worse hot dogs health-wise, but hot dogs are not exactly gourmet freaking food. All right. This is not taking a uh, filet mignon and turning and asking for a bottle of Heinz with it. Okay. This is not a nice ribeye and asking for, you know, ketchup with it. But the people who lose their minds over someone else putting ketchup on a hot dog. I've never understood it. Okay? It's a hot dog in a bun. They can be tasty. 
you want to put ketchup on it? Put ketchup. You want to put ketchup and mustard? Oh, this drives some people nuts. They lose their lunch over. You can't put those together. God, what's wrong with you? What kind of heathen are you? You're Satan, aren't you? There's the only mustard people, the only ketchup people. Can't put them together, people. Then you have the people, I don't know where relish enters into this, but people lose their minds over it. They obsess over it. Who cares? You're not eating the hot dog, are you? For me, I I I remember as a kid, my parents put mayonnaise on their hot dogs. I still don't understand that. I used to as a kid, but once I started getting older and kind of would fix bone hot dogs, I would put ketchup on it, mustard, and relish. Sweet relish or dill relish, either way. But to me, those things on a hot dog make it perfect. I also enjoy hot dogs with some uh, nice chunks of red onion on it, nice little diced red onion on it. There's other things I like on hot dogs. It doesn't have to be that, but I really, I laugh at people who lose their minds over someone else putting something on their food that they are not eating. It's the same, it's the same with, uh, uh, with the people who, they do barbecue, right? They have a restaurant or they just, they, they barbecue themselves that'll that that hate anyone who wants any barbecue sauce with their hot dog either as I do when I smoke I have a multi-ingredient dry rub I put on for like 24 hours when I put the, the meat on the smoker right I have a barbecue sauce I, there are some really good ones you can buy sometimes I have time and energy I'll make it myself but after a, few, a certain amount of time, when I I'll, every so often, every hour, I'll baste the meat. I'll kind of mop some sauce on it. Maybe the last few hours of cooking. And I do that several times. And I think it's great. I think it makes it better. I mean, it makes it great. But the people who have such a disdain for putting sauce on the meat, whether you're mopping it, whether you have it with it on the side, whatever, they lose their minds over it. But... They have this very, very meticulously laid out 23 ingredient rub. And then they say things like, I don't like sauce because it's about the meat and the smoke and the kind of wood you use. Okay. Like cherry wood, maple, pecan, mesquite, hickory, applewood, all kind of great, great things and great combinations. I don't mind that. But if you're putting a multi ingredient rub, and really focusing on the meat, be it a, a brisket, be it a shoulder, ribs, chicken, whatever, then it's not just about the meat and the smoke, is it? It's also about your rub. And all barbecue sauce is, is a rub that's wet that you add and make a sauce out of. I remember the first time I ever made barbecue sauce on my own, I put a significant amount of bourbon in it. And again, put it to, to cook, to boil, to, to marry everything together and just thicken up eventually. First time I, I put a little spoon there and tasted it, I was like, damn, that's a lot of bourbon. I put too much. But again, it mellowed out. And I, I taught myself how to do these things, that and the Food Network. But it was great tasting in the end. But the first time I tasted it, man, I screwed up. I put too much bourbon. Um. But I, I just don't understand those those dynamics people have. And maybe the ultimate one is 
the freak out over if I want to put pineapple on my pizza. Again, am I asking you to eat my pizza? You better not, you dirty hippie, because I'll smack you. Why do you care if I put pineapple on a pizza? Things I like on pizza are many things. Many things. Uh, I like barbecue-themed pizzas with some good sauce. You know, I never thought dill pickle slices would be good, but I had, uh, I think Papa John's had a cheeseburger pizza for a while. Man, that was good. Had a special sauce on there. Uh, had some pickles, ground beef, obviously, some some significant amount of a couple kind of cheeses on there. It's it's like making a sandwich. You It's wide open if you say, I want a sandwich, and what you put on your sandwich, or what you put on your hamburger. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I remember going to, when I first moved to Texas, went to a Whataburger. That's a Texas-based fast food place and they're known for really great service good burgers um but they are are kind of a, a throwback to really really cool place to eat but uh i asked for my burger the way i wanted it with no raw onions because I, I like cooked onions on a hammer i don't like raw onions especially diced i hate that uh, I don't like lettuce on a burger. It kind of is a waste to me, especially chopped lettuce that pours out everywhere once you take a couple bites. But I wanted tomatoes, extra pickles, mayo, mustard, and that was it. And the person behind the counter goes, you want mayo or mustard? I said, I want both. Both? I said, yes, both. So apparently that's the thing for some people. Again, I don't get it. I've had all kind of burgers with all kind of toppings, and I've had some phenomenal burgers that I thought initially I wouldn't like. I ate one at a local place that has a one with nacho cheese on it, and I always said that's got to be the dumbest thing to put on a burger. So I tried it; it was phenomenal, spicy, good, very messy, extremely messy. Uh, really a fork and knife job. As big as their burgers are, it's actually a backhoe job, but. Uh, that's it for me, my friends. Thank you for listening. 100th episode. Glad it's in the books. Uh, I guess Selma Hayek's not going to show up with, uh, handcuffs and whipped cream. Damn my life. Damn my luck with women. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. God bless you. If you want to support the dailygator.com and the daily Gator daily thought podcast, if you do a monthly subscription, go to anchor anchor.dughagen. Uh, and you'll find the page and it's very self-explanatory. You can do a monthly subscription. You give X amount every month. And if you want to give just random donations or one-time donation, uh, then go to the dailygator.com, the blog, the one that started it all. And, uh, bottom of the first post PayPal button. It just says buy now click there links to pay the PayPal page. And I'll get the money and thank you in advance. I also take, of course, larger donations in cash in uh, white manila envelopes underneath the welcome mat on my back porch. I would say front porch, but I don't trust my neighbor. It was storming here. <clears throat> lightning, I mean lightning popping close around. Gust up to 60 miles an hour. And it, trust me, I thought some trees were going to go watching it. And rain pouring down. The elderly lady across the street, 
I look out the front window to see if the trees have blown down yet, which they didn't, thank goodness. But this little lady is checking her mail. No umbrella, no nothing. I'm thinking, what could possibly be that important? And by the time you get back to your house, it's it's going to be soaked and ruined. But I, she has a certain time every day she checks the mail, by golly. I got to take my hats off to her. Maybe she's listening. If you are, hi across the street. God bless y'all, my friends. Remember the three golden rules of life. If you're left, you just ain't right. It never will be. God bless America, the greatest nation in the history of mankind. It's not even close. And go Gators. College football is oh so close. About three weeks from today will be the first college football games, August the 28th. And we'll start on the second 100 episodes tomorrow, maybe. Maybe it'll be Monday. I don't know yet. I don't plan my life that far ahead. I'm still holding out for Selma Hack to knock at the door. Wearing only a only a cheerleader outfit and a smile. So thank you very much for listening again. I hope you enjoy it. Send comments. Always take good criticism. Just don't call me an idiot. Okay? Okay, Mom, stop doing that. That's not nice. Thank you very much, my friends, again. Take care of each other. Be good. Be careful. Be safe. And remember... If you're left, you just ain't right. It's Doug Hagen for the Daily Gator, dailythought.com and the Daily Gator blog. We'll talk to you again, my friends. God bless you all.